The Celtics open the playoffs today against the Atlanta Hawks inside the TD Garden. Bruins begin Monday against the Panthers. And we sit down with Red Sox closer Kenley Jansen. This is the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan. Well, this whole season for the Boston Celtics has been about this moment. Getting back to the playoffs. Getting an opportunity to address their unfinished business of winning a championship. And it starts today. As the Celtics welcome in the Atlanta Hawks, a team that has been playing much better under Quinn Snyder since the coaching change uh, took place and Nate McMillan was let go. They play faster, uh, they play harder, and they're a much more difficult opponent now than they were. I think it's a great matchup for the Boston Celtics, a team that the Celtics are better than, but a team that's going to push them a little bit and get them ready for enhanced competition down the road. I think Celtics will win this series probably in six games. Trey Young is such a dynamic player. You know he's good enough along with Capella uh, in order to get them a couple wins in this series. The Hawks, but at the end of the day, I think the Celtics will prevail. Let's preview this big matchup right now with a trio of uh, Celtics. We're going to start with the Celtics. Jason Tatum. Just, just your thoughts on this matchup with the Hawks. What jumps out to you about them? Uh, fast-paced team. Uh, you know they get it out play fast, um, a lot of talented guys, guys that can shoot, uh, put it on the floor, um, a couple guys around the same height that can uh, essentially make plays, uh, and obviously a well-coached team, so, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun Finals obviously is in the past, but what were the lessons for you personally, do you think, for this group in making yourselves better prepared for, you know, this moment to capitalize on opportunities? You know, just learn from it, right, we had the whole summer to talk about it, the whole preseason to answer questions about it, the whole regular season to answer questions. Uh, and now it's like we're back in the playoffs, right? We get to, you know, essentially get another chance at it. But, you know, nobody's really looking at the finals right now. We got this game won on Saturday. Uh, and, you know, nothing after that is promised. So uh, we just worried about taking it one game at a time. Personally, how do you draw off the the energy of the playoffs and the, the the bigness kind of of these moments to get the best version of yourself. As cliche as it should sound, we just got one game on Saturday. Take it one game at a time. It's my sixth year in the playoffs. I know what to expect. Um, know how to prepare and uh, just enjoy the moment. Have fun with playing basketball. The Marcus Smart Trey Young matchup is going to be so much fun to watch. Obviously, Celtics team defense, a lot of switching and so forth, but we'll see a lot of mono mono matchups, I think, between the best defender in the NBA and one of the best offensive players in the game in Trey Young. Here's Marcus Smart. We're back to pissed off. Yeah, we're happy and we're smiling here, but that's, you know, we're getting ready. We're having fun with it, but. You know, Saturday when we step on that court, eh, you're not going to see many smiles. How much has this moment kind of fueled you and this group over the last six months of getting to this point? It's a lot for us. It was draining, as you know. Uh, like you said, it, it waned. Um, um, you know, we've been through a lot. Um, but, you know, we were grateful for, you know, the obstacles we had to go through to get here. Uh, because in each and every obstacle we went through, we've learned something, we took it, we, you know, we got stronger. Um, so it's definitely some fuel that we have been using. Uh, we're going to continue to use, and um, as you can see, you know, we're, everybody's like I said, is up and beat, and we're ready to go. How much do you look forward to a matchup you one on one with Trey Young? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, any player that that I go up against, you know, especially you know one of the greatest play, great players in this league, um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's a matchup as a defensive guy going against the best offensive players. It's only going to make me better. What do you look to take away when you play against a guy like that? 
Say it again. What do you look to take away? Like, what are his what are his strengths? How do you play him? You just make it tough on him. You know, he he can score in every aspect of the game. So, you know, you're not gonna be able to take away everything. You try to take away the easy ones, and uh, you know, um, you make everything he takes, he gets as hard as possible. Also talked with Celtics head coach Joe Mazzulla. You look up this matchup with the Hawks. What do you see? Uh, very talented team, well coached. Um, you know, they're playing a much different style and identity uh, than even when we played them uh, earlier in the year at their place. And so. Uh, they have the ability uh, to put a lot of pressure on your defense with their talent and the way they play. And so uh, we have to be very detailed. We've got to be connected defensively. And we've got to be very organized on the offensive end. Have you been as connected as you want to be defensively? Do you feel like you guys really need to take it a step further? I mean, you can always take it a step further, especially if you want to get to where we want to get to. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think we've been a well-balanced uh, team and a consistent defensive team for the majority of the season. And we just have to have a clear understanding of when we're at our best, what does it look like, and how do we stay there. What's the message going to be to the guys in that they've had this feeling of unfinished business kind of throughout the course of the offseason now in the regulars and now playoffs are, are here? How do you kind of message that to make sure you're, opportun- you're able to optimize this opportunity? Focus on the details. Focus on the execution. Be the harder playing team. you feel like Trey Young's kind of an underrated superstar? I don't. He's a great player. You guys are in charge of labeling who's a superstar and who's not. It's not my job. I know he's a great player. What ways do you think Malcolm Brogdon's going to help this team in the playoffs? Um, you know, obviously everybody knows what he can do on an offensive standpoint, but when, you know, he brings it to a different level defensively, he has the ability to guard multiple positions. Uh, he has size and physicality for us, and so, you know, we're really looking for him to have a positive impact defensively just as um, he does offensively. And I think when, we're, when he's well-balanced, we're well-balanced. Celtics head coach Joe Mazzulla talking about Malcolm Brogdon right there, but could also be talking about the Boston Bruins, who are incredibly well-balanced. In every area of the game during the regular season, they were dominant, and as a result of that, the most points, 135, and the most wins, 65, in NHL history. Now the postseason begins as the Boston Bruins look to win a Stanley Cup and solidify their status as one of the all-time great teams in NHL history. I talked with Brad Marchand about that. Brad, another night and another record, 133 points. What does that mean to this group that you continue to you know, supply, uh, pass other teams in terms of the all-time best? It's something we're proud of. Um, you know, we, we did set our sights on it uh, the last little while where, you know, we, we kind of locked up first. Um, you know, and, and we need something to play for uh, the remainder of the regular season. And, uh, you know, we, we um, you know, what's the goal we, we wanted to accomplish? It's not... Our be-all or end-all, it's, it's an incredible uh, accomplishment. We're very proud uh, of this group and, um, you know, what we've been able to accomplish to be, you know, the top points and the most wins ever is an incredible accomplishment, um, you know, with the history of this, this league and uh, how many good teams there's been. Um, it's special, and, and it's something I think down the road we'll be more proud of. Um, you know, we're happy about it right now, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, it's a regular season record, and... and uh, you know, playoff starts and everything starts over again, and there's going to be 16 teams that are uh, that have the same goal in mind, and, and you know what we've accomplished so far is has no bearing on that. So uh, we're going to park it. Um, you know, we we have another big game here in a couple of days, and it's our last opportunity to get ready for playoffs. But um, you know, I think we're we're really proud of ourselves and and of the group. And uh, again, it it I, I think the more you talk to guys who are retired now and look back on their careers and. Um, you know, are, are proud of certain things. I think it's something we'll look at down the road. And, um, you know, when we're daydreaming about uh, what we got to do and 
uh, what we've accomplished. But uh, right now it's just another game and uh, another day. And, and I think that's part of why we've been really good this year is, um, you know, we, we park each day and, and we worry, worry about the next one and, and we just keep building. So um, it's great to get it. Uh, it speaks a lot about our group that we've been able to ready. Uh, we've been ready to play each and every night. But uh, we have something much bigger that we're, we're built building for do you lean in at all to being you know an all-time team with obviously the, the records you achieved here in the regular season Stanley Cup playoffs ahead like is that something that you and particularly the veteran leadership in this room want with this particular team to be honest we don't really care um you know it, it's again it's a great great regular season record and achievement but it kind of stops right there um it's something we'll be more proud of down the road when we look back on our career but it's got no bearing or effect on, on playoff hockey. And, um, you know, it, playoffs come down to who wants it more. Um, you know, the coach, different coaching, uh, you know, the game plan that you put in place. So if we can accomplish uh, what we want to each night, then, um, you know, hopefully we can make a good run. But adding but. a cup to that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, adding a cup to that would be great. But there's a long road process before that. So we're not going to look at that right now. Brad Marsh and right there, some injury questions for the Bruins heading into the postseason. Obviously, some time between now and Monday, but Patrice Bergeron left the game against the Canadiens because of a precautionary upper body injury. Patrice Bergeron, not one to usually leave out of precaution. Leonis Olmark left the game against the Washington Capitals on Tuesday as a precaution as well, but Linus Olmark didn't come out uh, to practice, didn't travel with the team, uh, so there's some question about how much precaution is being taken and how much injury there may be with Olmark. I saw it took place on Tuesday, and he was coming across the uh, the lower portion of the net, and he stayed down for a little bit and seemed to be tugging at his groin area, which obviously is a key uh, area for a goaltender. So see what happens with both Allmark and also Patrice Bergeron heading into the postseason. I talked to Allmark after the Devils game on Saturday about what he and this team have accomplished. Teams obviously don't do this. How was this group able to you know stay this consistent throughout the course of the regular season, win on a consistent basis? I think it's a trust trust kind of thing you know we trust our system we trust ourselves we trust each other um throughout the year we we know that uh there's there's no rush there's no stress and with the way we played throughout the year we know that we can come back we can extend the lead we can keep a lead and you know and playing these tight games is a lot of fun you know and this is what's going to prepare you for the playoffs and we're you know it's always a little bit sweeter whenever you go ahead and, and win these ones something you said earlier is interesting in that you feel like tight games are more fun. Is that something that is unique to this team in that, you know, usually a lot of times there's pressure that builds in that and you have to you kind of be on your P's and Q's, not make mistakes. Is that unique to this team? I don't know. I can't speak for other teams, but when you're getting yourself a little bit more invested in the games and, you know, and you do your utmost and you play hard and you try every shift and it's a tight, you know, one goal game. You're trying your best not to, uh, to prevent, or you're trying to prevent them to score. You're trying to score yourself. It does mean, you know, a little bit more compared to if you have a blowout win with 7-1 because at, the, at that point, guys will lose goosey The other team might be losing as well and not really care about the, you know, the results because it's so many goals differential. So when you win those, it's like, okay, this was easy. But you know how tough it was 
you know, when you have these tight games and you come out with a win, if, if it's 60, 65 or shootout, it's always a little bit sweeter uh, in, in that sense. It seems like, too, like when you're closing out games, this team is very aggressive in getting to the puck in your own zone, as opposed to sitting back and trying to get in shot lanes and, and block shots. It seems like even in closing games, you're up by a goal. Like you were aggressive in trying to get to you know, the pucks along the wall and, and pushing, putting pressure on the points. The Devils game here, I thought, was a key example of that. Yeah. And, you know, that's a t- kind of a, comes back to the trust trusting part of the game that I talked about that we, we do trust each other that we know when to go and we know what to do whenever we do go and we back up and we take care of the things that we need to be done and if there's a insane play or whatever you gotta tip your hat and, and you just go for it but it's you, you gotta try you know to close out games you don't want to just sit back and let them take the opportunities and create this great hay scoring chances if you can you know, end the game as quickly as possible, so I'm, I'm all for it. Following on the save on Hughes in the breakaway, you make the initial save, then you have to make the secondary one after that. At what point do you know i got to get over and he's going to get another opportunity? I don't know. You just, just react? Nah, yeah, when you saw me buying hot dogs there in the first on Brad as well, so uh, it all comes down to reads and timing and, and all that sort of thing. So, And, you know, today, 50-50. You never know if you're going to come up on top or not, but it all comes down to patience and reach, and lucky enough that I only got beaten once today. Linus Allmark right there after Saturday's victory over the Devils. Tyler Bertuzzi has played really well, and it's easy to play with Pavel Zaka and David Pasternak as he's filled in on that second line while the Boston Bruins have not had David Krejci. So Krejci, another of three key figures that has not been playing that much heading into the postseason. Here's Tyler Bertuzzi. The night and another record falls at the hands of the Boston Bruins, 133 points. What does that mean to you and this group that you've established yourselves as you know, the best ever when it comes to regular season? Yeah, obviously it's a big honor. Um, obviously we have a bigger goal in mind, but you can't put this uh, you know to the side. This is a big honor for us. Um, you know the guys have been battling you know all year for this, and I came in for the last whatever many games, and it's been uh, it's been a fun ride. You could end up with a number of different lines in the playoffs. What's your comfort level of playing, you know, second, third, fourth line? Is it, is it a line you feel more comfortable with, or can you play with anybody? Yeah, it doesn't matter, honestly. Um, you know, I've played with a lot of guys on this team already, so, you know, I feel comfortable with, uh, you know, whoever I'm playing with. How much more comfortable do you feel now as compared to when you started in terms of particularly your skating game? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, just trying to make plays, when not to make plays. Um, you know, the confidence kind of came in with, uh, with being more comfortable, so I feel good. Here's Bruins defenseman Hampus Lindholm on the record-setting season. No, it's it's a f- feather in the cap, and uh, like we're we're fighting for something bigger in here. But every game is a challenge for us. We 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 try to stick to that process every game, and stick to those little details, and uh, it makes us successful. And that's kind of like it's been proven all year. How have you guys been able to do it? And you touched on it a little bit there, but how have you been able to be this consistent throughout the course of regular season when other teams no, just haven't? It goes to the staff, it goes to the trainers, it goes to the coaching staff, it goes to the old players. Like everyone is buying in and doing those little things day in and day out, and uh, it's it's a tough. Year. Year. It's a lot of long road, but we got a lot of hockey ahead of us here, and uh, we look forward to it. 
When you look at the, the trust factor that guys have with one another in this room, where did that develop? And, you know, for you coming in last year, at what point did you kind of realize that this group was special? No, it's just a culture that the guys over the years here have kind of created. And like I said, it goes into the whole, feeds into the whole building with the staff and management and everyone just, just kind of buying in and no one's bigger than the other person. Everyone's just here to, to help each other uh, win hockey games. And uh, it, it's fun to be a part of in terms of Pavel Zaka's development kind of throughout the course of the year? He's had a lot of pretty goals and two nice ones tonight. Yeah, we call him Dave Zaka. We got three, the three Daves from Czech. So, no, he's, he's been uh, one hell of a player. And uh, he's, uh, it's fun to see him, fun to play, play with him. He, he's got that poise and uh, he's had some really good connections there with the, with the Daves. Hampus was saying something. I'm not your Hampus. Linus was saying something that's interesting <laughs> when it comes to um, the fact that these guys in this room are very you know, poised down the stretch of games when you're up you know, two to one. That he actually enjoys you know those types of moments. Is that unique? That you know, a lot of guys get tense at times when the game's close. Yeah. No. I think yeah, like we got a lot of guys that's been around for a while too, and like kind of like you were saying before, we we trust each other out there, and it's it's a game of hockey. You have to go out and enjoy and play, and uh, those moments, it's what you you play the game for. Do what the Bruins have done. Your stars have to be great, but depth has to be absolutely huge. Pavel Zaka, we heard about in that interview, supplied a lot of that depth. He had two goals for the Bruins and the win over the Devils on Saturday. We're building towards something a little bit bigger here. I think you know towards playoffs, and I think these wins are important for us in in you know two ways. Yes, we 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 want to do the record, but on the other hand, it's preparation for playoffs for us. So I think that's that's the main focus here for us now. How important was it to kind of chase these records down the end of the season to give you something to play for after you clinched the President's Trophy a couple weeks ago? I think, you know, we, we play these five-game segments that, you know, we want to we want to win for four out of five, and, and doing them the whole season, so I think just having a little bit of shorter-term goals, I think, helped us, you know, just to stick with it the whole season. Switch to the Red Sox right now, and Red Sox, obviously very frustrating to watch. The lineup they put out in the field you know, with injuries has been problematic, to say the least. Uh, but on a positive note, Kenley Jansen has looked good as their closer. I sat down with Kenley at Fenway. She's obviously been on a lot of quality ball clubs. At what point in time can you start to sense, you know, if a team has, you know, that type of winning identity and that you, you can feel like what a group is and, and, and project what they're going to be? I mean, I, I felt it in spring training, to be honest with you. I mean, the way how they um, put this team well together, you know, like people can see us like, oh, you know, count us out, but, you know, it's how can we count ourselves in? And this group of guys show that we have that, that, you know, we believe in ourselves and and we believe as a group and, you know, we're ready to go and, and, and prove everybody wrong that how good we could be. So um, you'll be seeing that in the spring training and um, to see how close we are here in the, in the locker that's that's what we need, man. That's what we need, and continue to play good baseball. I mean, it's going to be a good ball club, man. Hope, hope and pray that everybody stay healthy. In 2013, Red Sox 10 year anniversary of them. It was six years since the team won a championship prior you know, to that, and everybody coming into the season is like, okay, this team feels like it's a bunch of you know guys they put together who are in their mid 30s. It's a bridge year, but what it ended up being was a team that you know loved the game, loved being around one another, and they obviously ended up winning a World Series championship uh, that year. So. It, what about this group, particularly with the veteran guys? We saw, obviously, what, what Adam Duval did the opening weekend, what Turner brings, and you've known him, obviously, for years. For you, what about this group is kind of the right you know, group of guys in your Why is it the right group of guys? Like you say, like you mentioned, you know, it's the right group of guys. I mean, um, 
JT being a, a leader in the clubhouse, me, you know, tried to be a leader also. I mean, Keek had been doing his thing for a while now that, you know, he's tried to take that part. And Doovy, just being Doovy, you know, like such a great guy, great atmosphere, being around and try to help each other. It's, it's, it's everybody trying to help each other and everybody care about each other and try to help about each other instead of, you know, worry about themselves. And once you have that, I think, you know, the sky's the limit. So um, I wasn't around for the 2013 I played against them, but um, I think for what you're saying to compare to that, it's kinda, it might be similar. So listen, it's a long season. We're just going to try to grind this out. And like you say, believe in ourselves and the rest will take care of it. Is there a certain point in guys' careers where they you know, stop caring all that much about the individual accolades and the awards and you know, even, even money to some degree and you start to just love the game again and you, know, you kind of maybe see the end a little bit? And do you feel like that's you know, a, a part of it here too where guys just don't really care about the things that maybe you care about when you're 25? Yeah, I mean, listen, for me it was I always had love for the game so I didn't ever lose that part a little bit of it you know of course you know when you go to your downhill and you know you're learning about new stuff and you know how mentally it can exhaust you you kind of sense that you feel that you lose the love for the game but you know for me I, I grind it out and get some help and you know I'm, I'm in a better place now and like you say it's, it's, it's the enjoyment that was since when I was six years old you know you love the game so nothing changed and um, it's not about the money it's not about anything it's just about the love and play the game play it to win that's how we play we play this game for win you know and that's what I'm here for I want to ask you about the cutter as well, and obviously another famous closer, predominantly used the cutter in Mariano Rivera, who everybody knows very well around here. For you, at what point did you identify you know, that pitch, and did you kind of build the rest of your arsenal around it in terms of your, your usage? Yeah, I think once I got to the big leagues and I found out my ball was cutting a lot, and rest in peace Kenny Howell and Rick Honeycutt, you know, they're the one... Um, um, they're the one who kind of... Um, help me zoom in. Like Charlie Huff gave me the joy of, of, of the game back again to become a pitcher, but they're the one who kind of like make me, you know, like you say, um, better of how to use that pitch. And, you know, um, I learned so much from those two guys. I want to ask you about the weight of being a closer and how important maybe your role is to allow the rest of the bullpen to have success, where in the last couple of years they haven't had a, you know, really a named closer for the majority of, of the season. And if you go out there and you have success and some failure on the way and are able to deal with it because of your experience, how much do you think that helps the other guys you know, in the room? Tremendously, like you say, exactly. Like I've been doing this for a while, so... Listen, we're not going to have a zero ERA in this game. <laughs> you know, I don't know who did that in 162. So we're going to have our ups and downs. But it's how you deal with it, you know, and move forward from it. And um, that's what I'm here for, you know. I'm trying to pick up my teammates as much time I can. And when I didn't, hopefully they can pick me up. So, you know, that's the part of the game. And, you know, we got to live and learn with it and, and enjoy it. So... Um, I'm going to try to do my best. And for us as a bullpen, we can't think about what happened last couple of years. This, that, that's close. That book is long gone close. And how can we move forward and help our team to get better? 
it's, it's, I, I told all my guys, when we go, the whole team goes. So, you know, if you had a really good bullpen, you know, starters and position players can appreciate you even more. The only one I ask you about is the, being a closer itself and kind of that weight and the value of a closer because it, we've obviously talked through years as you watch baseball about whether it's better to have, you know, a guy that pitches in high leverage situations and the seventh at the middle of the lineup is there. And you know, do you actually have to have a closer, and does, if, particularly if you're, you know, at seven, eight, nine in the lineup? To me, the closer is so important because of what we were just talking about before, the weight of the moment. Those outs are different in the, in the ninth when you're trying to end a game. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the last three outs. Like, don't let nobody fool you about, you know, oh, seven inning, high leverage situation, three and four. I did all of them. And it's nothing harder than pitching the ninth, the last three outs, you know. So, um, like you say, you have way much more room for error being the seven. But, you know, with all the baggage that comes in the ninth and everybody locked in because those are the last three outs, is the hardest inning of the game by far so far. It's the press pass. I'm Chris Ryan.